right. Welcome in, everyone, to the Hustle With Us podcast. Welcome back to another episode. We've got a good one for you here today. We're going back to the well with one of our favorite basketball trainers. He's Coach Bobby White of High Power Performance. That's H-Y Power Performance, if you're looking him up online there. He talks to us a little bit about a little bit about everything, his story, his background, sort of how, uh, how he was kind of thrust into his role. Right, Craig? Yeah, I really like these stories when we hear about people's entrepreneurial spirit, how how they started their businesses and training. You know, Bobby's story is pretty interesting um, in that, you know, he wasn't one of those people that went out there saying, man, I got to start my own business. I got to start uh, my, my, my entrepreneurial endeavor. Um, he, it was just kind of, uh, and he tells the story, it was kind of thrust upon him. It was like, all right. Now I got to start my business. What do I do? And just go with it, you know, and it's, and he's had a lot of success since. So it's great hearing about that story. Yeah. And it certainly didn't come overnight. And it was a lot of commitment, uh, which again, we hear from a lot of our coaches and players here. It doesn't, it doesn't just happen to you. You really have to stick to it and be, and be committed. Uh, he also talks a lot about the the types of players he works with, you know, all the way from youth for all the way up to pros as well. We asked him if there's a little bit of difference there. And honestly, he says he says not too much. He's more about pushing guys to the edge of their ability, which I thought was a great quote by him. But he dives into that a little bit more here. So we'll get right to it. Real quick before we do, just make sure you folks are downloading, subscribing to the podcast. Scroll down, give us a rating, five stars if we're so lucky. And also make sure you're checking out Hustle Fitness online, on the social medias, all of them, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, we're on all of it. Uh, Make sure you give us a follow there as well. But hey, without further ado, let's get to what you folks are here for, Coach Bobby White. All right, real quick, folks, before we get to our interview, a quick word about the Hustle Sports Training app. Are you an athlete trying to improve your skills or a youth sports coach trying to develop an effective training program? Look no further than the Hustle app. Hustle is the simplest way to learn new sports skills, period. We partner with coaches and trainers at all levels to produce instructional videos and training plans that will help you to improve your fundamentals and master those advanced techniques. Whether you're building out your practice plans or looking to improve your form, techniques, or fitness, Hustle has a training plan for you. Download our app in iTunes or on the Google Play App Store by searching Hustle Training or visit our website at hustletraining.com. Get a leg up on your competition with Hustle. All right, welcome in everyone. We have with us on the line Mr. Bobby White. He is a basketball trainer and athletic trainer hailing from the East Coast. He's here to talk to us a little bit today about his background how he got to where he is today, and really where he's going in the future. Coach, how are we doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. How are you guys doing? Uh, thank you so much for having me. Not a problem. Not a problem. We're doing great. We're happy to talk to you. We're happy we can, uh, we can schedule this time out. You have your organization there going with High Power Performance. You can check it out online. Uh, but before we get into that, I want to hear about you, Coach. How did we get to High Power Performance? So did you play college ball back in the day, and where at, and – uh, sort of what led you in that direction? Yeah, so I played college ball up at uh, Utica College in upstate New York. It was a Division three program. Um, I ended up being there for five years, uh, missing an entire season with a herniated disc in my back. But I played D3 ball. Um, wasn't, you know, I was, I was a good high school player and I was a good college player. But 
uh, I definitely struggled uh, on the court and off the court uh, at times. So uh, I did play and uh, that kind of, you know, I fell in love with the game when I was young, but uh, I was able to take to a level uh, where I played in college. And then even after that, I was able to uh, play in the Dominican Republic for a little bit. Right. And so you, you mentioned something real quick right there. You, you struggled off the court a little bit and we don't have to get into that or anything. But do uh, you think that sort of helped shape you, uh, you know, helped teach you a couple of lessons to get you where you are today? Oh, I've, I've learned so much from, from struggling. I, uh, I honestly don't even know where to start. But uh, I, I, I maybe didn't do it justice. I struggled a lot off the court, and uh, that really helped me back. I didn't really start to get my life together until I was about 24. But um, I, I always dealt, you know, I wasn't the superstar growing up. I was, I'm six foot seven now, and I was always one of the bigger kids. But, uh, I, you know, I struggled a lot uh, mentally and emotionally growing up, uh, just whether it was uh, worried about fitting in and uh, stuff with that. And I, I was never really, I didn't have that superstar attitude that, uh, you know, a lot of the great players have, or that super um level of confidence that the uh, the great players have and i didn't really start to develop self-confidence i'd say until i was uh like 24 years old um and that definitely held me back on the court wow okay well hey you know it's never too late at least you did find that that right path to get on there and uh we're definitely happy you did now you played over in the dominican republican for dominican republic for a little bit uh what was the what was the path afterwards was it jumping immediately into the training side or what where did where did your life so, take you at that point? Yeah, even even when so back, you know, when I got out of college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, the only two things I knew, uh, I knew, I knew, I always knew how to work hard. You know, no matter how much I struggled, my, my dad instilled that in me of just working really hard. So I was always trying to strive to be the, the hardest worker on the team. And I carried that with me through high school and college. And when I got, uh, when I started to really get my life together and I, I figured out, you know, for me, I, I don't drink, I don't do any drugs. It's actually about to be uh, seven years of complete sobriety. But when I started that journey, I, I really, I knew I loved basketball and I, and I knew I loved working out. And I was, you know, I was blessed to have uh, phenomenal trainers, both in the athletic performance side of things and on the basketball court. And I pretty much went out to them and I was like, what do I have to do to get a job here? And they told me what certifications to do. And I, I went through the internship process and I was really fortunate to get around, you know, some of the smartest minds um, that I've ever been around at that point. And they kind of uh, nurtured me and grew me into the trainer uh, that I've become today. Wow, that's great. That's definitely, that's definitely a great story. So we get to the point where you, you know, you decide to jump into that training world. Is there a certain, uh, certain age range you started with, maybe a certain group? How did you really start to, yeah. uh, to garner that following? So I started with a local basketball program, the trainer. Um, he was my trainer when I was in high school. And he was, you know, phenomenal at doing it. And I was working for him. I, I wasn't making much money, but, I, you know, I was around a game that I loved. And I was, you know, working crazy hours. I was in the summer. I was doing the summer basketball camp thing from 9 to 3. Then I'd have a couple of private sessions <clears throat> till 5. And then there was also an AAU part, uh, travel basketball part of this program. So then I, would, I was coaching like four or five teams at a time. Um, working insane hours, but not making insane money, which didn't make sense to me after a while. Um, and I, I got to a point where I thought I could go do it on my own. But I, so I started with that as I was still actually trying to play. And um, my goal was just to get overseas. You know, I always wanted to you know, be labeled a pro and I really wanted to be a pro. And once that happened, I saw that um, I, it was, it was, I, I, I did it, I got over there, but I saw about how good of a trainer and a coach I could be. And um, I came back and I kind of made the decision after a couple failed attempts. Not that, no, I wasn't doing well. It's just, it's really hard to do it. And um, I started doing really well as a trainer and uh, put everything I had into that.
Yeah, you find your fit. So when you were starting out, let's talk about that a little bit. How did you find new clients? It sounds like you had a ton of connections through a lot of different um, coaching opportunities. But, uh, you know, what did you do starting out? So initially, I, I worked for my first boss who, who actually trained me when I was in um, when I was in high school and even through college and trying to play pro. And then I also had uh, trainers on the athletic performance side. And, and I looked at them like they were, I mean, they were actually gurus. I mean, the, my, my mentor, Eric Degatti, he's traveled. I mean, he's big with, I don't know if you know, functional movement systems, but he's, a, he's an awesome guy. And I, I asked him what I had to do to get into the, you know, the personal training and performance training side of it. Because at that time, I was just doing the basketball training um, for the other program. And he, again, he told me to go, you know, what certifications I had to get. And I went through the internship process. And in that, I started training people for free. And I was also doing the stuff with the basketball where I was building you know, a bunch of relationships where I was training people. And um, I, as the two kind of just started to grow, I came to a point um, where I wasn't, I was working so hard, but I didn't feel like I was being valued as much as I should have been for how much, you know, work I put in. And uh, I, I made the jump. And um, in the performance facility I was at, they had a back dance studio. And that's the studio I still train in today. But it was literally like a spin studio <laughs> with mirrors on the wall. And it had hardwood, though. And that, it had a high ceiling and hardwood. And I would go back there sometimes and work on my handle and stuff like that. And I would look in there and I'd be like, I think I could put a hoop in here. But at that time, when I was 24, <laughs> you know, 25 years old, I was too afraid to even ask. If, if they thought that was a good idea. Cause I looked at this guy, like, you know, he, he was like a mentor to me. I looked up to him and I, I, I knew at the level he was at and I didn't want to get made fun of for this idea. And um, a couple months into working for him, he sits all, he had seven full-time trainers at the time. He sat us all down. He's like, I don't want to be in the gym and uh, gym business anymore. He had a full-time job with the New York giants and I was actually blessed to work with them as well. But uh, he wanted to go, he just wanted to be a trainer and, and I completely understood it. But he's like, you're going to have to start your own business. I'm like, what? I'm 25 <laughs> years old. I'm working for you. I'm learning. We had, you know, we had team meetings every week where we actually like, I'm big into the science. I'm big into learning. You know, I'm not just, you know, I, I, I really like enjoy learning about training, both on the basketball side and the, you know, athletic development world. And I was like, he, what am I going to do now? And he kind of, you know, him and other people, uh, awesome people I have in my life, walked me through the process. Um, of starting my own business and filing an LLC and finding out how to get, you know, and getting an account into, you know, the billing side of things and all this stuff that I didn't want to do, right? I had to do it. I really wasn't given a choice. And now that he was gone, I had this back dance studio. I'm like, well, no one's stopping me now from putting a hoop up there. <laughs> and um, so I put it up and, you know, now probably five years later, I've, I think I've trained that. I, I don't know the exact number, but I put it at the thousands of kids. I've trained, awesome. uh, trained in a skill development, uh, you know, in a small dance studio. If it's just about a three point line, and, you know, it's got a three point line in there. It's, you know, it's probably not even a third of a full basketball court. But now in the same facility, you know, I've got my own business that, you know, I can work you know, out in the weight room on the turf, I've got all the free weights and that stuff where I can work on athletic development and in the same facility, I have a small court where I can put a ball in their hand. And uh, my dream and goal as a trainer was to, to marry those two worlds. You know, and in the beginning, I was told, you know, you got to be an expert in one thing, just pick one, just pick one. And I'm like, well, my one thing is going to be the basketball player, right? The basketball athlete. And I'm going to, I'm going to get as smart as I can. And I'm going to read and I'm going to study as much as I can and surround myself with as many smart people on both sides of that as I can. And that's what I've done. 
And it's really hard. Like, you know, the people are telling me to be an expert in one thing, they're, they're right to an extent, but I took on the responsibility, you know, I put it on myself to, to study both aspects of it. And um, now I, I set myself apart and I carved that niche where, if, you know, if you're a basketball player and you want to get stronger or move better, I've got a bunch of mobility certifications as well. But it, it, if you're a basketball player and you want to work on your performance, I'm that guy. And, and I'm the only gym like my gym that there is that is as good as what I do in both aspects. Nice. Let's talk a little bit more about that expertise. So would you say, so, uh, you know, obviously strength training and, and some of the things that you just mentioned, but would you say you have a specialty in terms of specific skills? Like is it shooting, footwork, defense, ball handling, um, you know? Uh, so, so because of my knowledge and the athletic development side of it, you know, I, I without even knowing it anymore, you know, I, I analyze kids and I, I study them as they move, you know, whether they're dribbling or walking down the street or whatever. I have a I have an ability to, to see how they're moving, right? And putting them in positions on the court, right? And, and and teaching them how to efficiently carry themselves. So whether it's ball handling or shooting or you know driving to the basket, creating force of or absorbing forces, which is huge in basketball, or you know even stuff like single leg stability, how to be strong on one leg and absorb forces, right? I can teach them how to do that because I have the background in athletic development. Okay, got it. Let's talk a little bit about um, some of the drills that you use. So you mentioned um, single leg stability. Like, what? Walk us through this here at Hustle. You know, we we have tons of uh, drills on our app um, that we walk players through. But tell us about um, some of your favorites. Um, so I actually heard it. Um, the, the coaches, uh, Rob Fedor, uh, he's a shooting guy, and he's with the Miami Heat. But he said something that I hadn't been able to put into words. And I love when I hear people say something that I've been trying to say, and they said it better than I did. And then I steal it from them. Right. So um, <laughs> how we, how we're taught the game of basketball at a young age, right. It, we, the first thing we do, we pick up the ball and then we, we want to put the ball through our legs. Right. And when we do that, we, we, we don't do it comfortably. We, we lift our leg up and we kind of throw the ball under our leg. And right there, that's like developmentally wrong because now we're learning to move our body around the ball or the instrument rather than being able to move the ball around our body. So we, we have to have body control, right, and the ability to maintain posture and get into the positions we need to on the court and then move the ball around our body and not the other way around. So, um, from, you, know, I, I, you know, most of the kids, I'm pretty vocal with actually why I'm doing it and the purpose behind it. But a lot of stuff I do just from being able to walk comfortably with the ball in the beginning and then walk with the ball through our, our legs, you know, like you'd be walking through the park and just being comfortable moving the basketball around your body, doing various things. And then that progressing into even like skipping, you know, skipping is a, you know, an athletic movement. And if you can't skip putting the ball through your legs, you know, but you want to work, you know, we, we talk about footwork and ball handling. I'm not trying to negate, you know how important all the different footwork and all the different ball handling drills are. But if you can't move comfortably with the basketball, you know, what are you doing? Right. Yeah, no, I can definitely, <laughs> I can definitely see you sending your, uh, sending your, your kids home with the basketball, you know, sleep with this and make sure you, you wake up with it too and keep it, keep it held in that entire time. Uh, do you like to, do you like to incorporate any tools in your training? You know, cone drills. I know you said you have the, uh, the free weights that you use outside of your facility. Any kind of favorite tools you really like in, in your specific style of training? Yeah. So when I went on my own, um, I, so I don't, you know, the, I probably know I'm a big time trainer, DJ Sackman. 
Uh, he was my point guard in high school. So I've known him for like 20 years. And he actually worked for the same guy I worked for. Then he went off and he started to work with Michael Lancaster and I possible training. And I'm still with this other like more local company. That was good. But I'm seeing what he's doing. I'm like, man, that's cool. Right. And I started, you know, their YouTube at that time, YouTube was, uh, it was huge. And they're, they're getting millions of views on YouTubes. And my, you know, my boy who I grew up with is like becoming this famous trainer all of a sudden. I'm like, what the heck? Right. And uh, now he is what he is today with, you know, the sponsorships and everything he does, you know, and he's phenomenal at what he does. But when I made the decision to go on my own, I was like, what do I have to do to uh, get involved with the, the impossible stuff? And I, and I, you know, flew down to North Carolina and I met those guys and I got certified with impossible. And, you know, that really helped with the terminology and, you know, not just using the cones for the sake of using cones, but knowing the purpose behind whether it's cones or med balls or tennis balls or foam rollers. You know, any instrument that I think can, you know, add a benefit, you know, I'll use it, you know, but I, I don't just use them for the sake of using, you know, something that's cool or flashy. I, I want to use them because they have purpose and they, they give my players accountability to get them into the positions that I want to get them into. So you mentioned there, you know, we've, we've talked to a few coaches here on this podcast uh, about their about their backgrounds and certifications. You mentioned the I'm possible uh, training that you've done and the certification you've gotten there. Can you just walk us through a little bit more what that entails and exactly how they how they go about teaching their peers? Yeah, so it, it was different when I did it about five years ago. So I actually had to fly down to North Carolina and I, and I stayed down there and I went through, you know, it was a full weekend course. And at that time, there were less than 20 I'm possible trainers. So it really meant something. Uh, you know, I was like proud that I got it because there weren't a lot of um, impossible trainers at that time. Right after I did it, he kind of opened up the floodgates and, and kind of made it easily accessible um, for. And now I think there's like 300 impossible certified trainers, which I was a little mad about, honestly, because like for me, it was you know something I was after. Now he just opened up online courses and held certifications, you know, a lot, which I got from a business perspective. But for me, it was like it kind of watered down uh, what, what I was after. <laughs> <laughs> Chop liver over here. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, yeah. Um, to go back to your question of uh, kind of their method, um, do you mean in terms of actually training on the court or in terms of like getting the certification? Getting the certification and, and if they do teach you that on-court training, how does, how does that go about? Is it, you know, yeah, weekly, yeah. weekly blasts? Is it, uh, you know, yearly conferences? How's, what is the process? So there? there's actually, so, you know, I have a couple of trainers that work for me now, but um, it actually speeds up the process of me and take, uh, of me educating my trainers that come under me. It, it, it definitely helps me out with that. So they have an online course that, you know, they, they give you all the material online. You can do it. You study the material, then you have to pass the test. And they, there's a, there's a, it's, they're big on terminology, giving names to, you know, the steps and the different types of dribbles and all the different movements. And they actually have set names that we use now. So now trainers can speak pretty universally and we know, you know, we know what a drop is. We know what a split through is. We know what that is, which I like, because again, we can establish that language now. But so after you do the online material and study that one, you have to take a written test and pass that. And then you have to film a workout. Um, and send it in and then if, you know they like what you do they uh, certify you um, but they give you mm. one all the different terminology and you know how to use the cones and all that kind of stuff but it really speeds up the process for me if I'm trying to bring out a new trainer to teach you know I go get the certification and I'll help you from there it uh, makes my life easier nice got it so let's let's switch gears and um, 
tell us a little bit about the types of players that you work with. Um, you know, you work with youth athletes, high school, college, into the pros. You know, tell us a little bit about yeah, who you train. Um, I, I started with uh, mostly youth athletes, and I'll, I'll kind of go through the progression of how I got to where I am now working with pros and, you know, elite-level players. But initially, you know, I, I was I was just happy to train people. You know, I was just ha I can't believe people are paying me money to do what I love, and it was awesome. And then I got so busy um, with my so I used to go to like LA Fitnesses and stuff like that. And I would go in there, and at that time, I could three sixty Duncan went on stuff, and you know, I'd find out when the kids are going to be at the outside courts or at the LA Fitnesses of the world. And, and I would go there, and I would show off a little bit, and they would come up to me, and what do you do? Oh, I'm actually a trainer down the street. So I got a lot of kids like that <laughs> initially. And I actually met some, uh, some really good kids doing that. Um, the, one I, the one I work with now is Tyler Robeson, who was at Syracuse, and he played the last two years overseas in the G League. But I met him at an L.A. Fitness five years ago, and even today I work out with him three days a week. And we're trying to get him uh, – he had a phenomenal season last year, but we're trying to get him into the NBA. But, um, and then I would kind of target – so from my town and the surrounding towns, I would, I would kind of – you know, I would try to build relationships with the best players on the team. So it started with the best player on the team from my town. I trained him. I got him better, right? And then he told everybody else on the team what he was doing. And that, you know, kind of opened up the floodgates um, by doing that. And, um, I, you know, I, not that I don't like training kids that aren't good because, I, you know, I do. I do enjoy it. I want kids that just really want to work. And the kids that don't want to work don't last with me. But I, I've done it long enough, and I, I've stuck to my guns with that. With, you know, I, I believe there's a, there's a right way and a wrong way. And, you know, I am pretty hard when I train kids. But I tell them the truth. You know, if, if they're struggling with something, I tell them they're struggling. Or, you know, and when they're good, I tell them they're good. But um, it, it weeds out the players that aren't in it, that don't really want to become great. And I, you know, not that they're all going to be professional basketball players and not that they're all going to be college basketball players. But I want kids that come in that have a desire, you know, to, to grow and mature and become, you know, better athletes with that will carry over to, you know, not just basketball, whether it's, you know, careers or whatever they end up wanting to do i i can instill the work ethic through the game of basketball yeah that's great um so how do you let's stay on that how do you adapt yeah. your training strategy you know based on maybe it's the age level the skill level the types of experience of the guys that you're working yeah. with you know yeah, how do so you how do you adjust how do you go back and forth between entry level and kind of uh, high-end ultra skilled players it, it's honestly not that much different. <laughs> um, all right. So my job as a trainer, you know, they want to get better at basketball. You know, we acquire new skill or we get better, whether it's stronger or better basketball, or just we, we gain new skill at the edge of our ability. And that's a very uncomfortable place. So when I'm bringing players to the edge of their ability, right, that's where they get better. But I, I want them struggling in terms of basketball. I want them dribbling the ball off their foot. I want them making mistakes because that's the edge, right? And that's where I want to take my players is to that edge. So if it's a girl that's never touched a basketball before, yeah, all right, so let's say it's a fourth grade girl. I'm a big, intimidating six foot seven guy with tattoos. You know, I'm going to be a little bit softer. I'm going to smile more. I'm going to make it fun and interesting. But I'm going to, you know, I'm going to teach them that making mistakes is okay. And even the, the, the great players, right? The, the guys that I have that are, you know, now getting, trying to get drafted in the NBA, you know, the same thing. I need to teach them that as good as they are, they still have weaknesses and we need to, you know, bring attention to those weaknesses. But the, the, the great players, sometimes they don't, they don't want to expose their weaknesses. But after training with me a little bit where I show them that they still have it and they see the improvement that they can still make, it's like 
when they find their weaknesses, it's like finding gold. And the players that really want to do good, they're not scared of finding their weaknesses and not scared of training at the edge of their ability anymore because they know when they get there, it's like finding gold. And that's what's going to bring them to the next level and get, and get them sharper and sharper and sharper. Yeah, for sure. No, I definitely like the, uh, I like how you put that there. It's really not that different. You want to bring them to that edge. That's, that's fantastic. Now, speaking, yeah. speaking of that edge, let's say you're bringing on a new client or maybe somebody that you've worked with for a long time. Do you notice anything consistent in your client base, uh, in, in your experience that most players do need to work on from a skill set? Um, so <laughs> Yes. Um, it's funny cause I have, I have so many dads or even moms sometimes, you know, coming in, he just needs to work on his jump shot. And then I watch him play. I'm like, he needs to work on a lot more than just his jump <laughs> shot. <laughs> you know, or like the, a lot of dads or whoever, you know, whatever they come in and they, they think they know exactly what the, you know, they, they, he needs to work on his uh, left hand passing, you know, something, something, whatever. And I watch him play. I'm like, he's just not very good at all. You know, he needs a lot of work. Um, so, I mean, from what, what do most kids, they, they need a ball in their hand and they need consistency more than anything, you know, and, and that's what people don't want that. They want the quick fix. They want the quick answer. And I think my method of training, you know, is very advanced and good and, and gets players, you know, better, quicker than maybe some other trainers. And you know, I take pride in my ability to do that. But generally, they need consistency. They need their hand on a ball a lot. They need to put in the work and you don't get better without that work. So if there was one thing that, you know, kids or athletes need to get better, I would, I would say it's consistency at, the, at that edge, right? Whether you want to call it deep practice or finding the edge of their ability, but it's consistently training at that spot. Sure. Yeah, no, that definitely always practice makes perfect. And the more you do it, the more, the more you get, the more you get it down. Uh, well, coach, I want to, uh, I want to sneak in one more question here before we get to our rapid fire round. And, uh, you know, here at Hustle, we're all about the use of technology and advancing your training. I want to know when it comes to training these kids uh, or, or pros, do you utilize any sort of technology today? And, and where do you see the future of technology and training going? All right. So I, there's definitely, a, in what I do, I use a lot more technology on the athletic performance side. Um, my assessment process, I've got um, a, a full assessment, I want a, a movement assessment where I'm bringing them through an entire uh, movement screen and I'm, I'm checking their different patterns, whether um, their squat is off and a whole bunch of other things and, and just how they move if they're one dysfunctional and two uh, asymmetrical from right to left. And we want to clear out any of those you know, dysfunctions or asymmetries. And then from a function, uh, capacity standpoint is you know, how well do they create power and how well can they um, control their impact. So I've got a whole bunch of diagnostic tools and different things I do. And I'm always looking for new ways to test and measure um, development, right? Um, so on the athletic development part, definitely. On the basketball side, I don't use, I, I don't think I use too much technology at this point. I mean, if you want to call cones and med balls and stuff like that technology, <laughs> I do it. Um, just film analysis. Um, I, I like to film my players a lot while they're training so I can, you know, show them the pictures of what they're doing and show them the video of what they're doing. I think just that instant feedback that now we can do in 2019 is amazing that we can, you know, film them while they're working out. And sometimes they think they're doing it right, but they're not just giving them that instant feedback. Uh, no, you are actually doing it wrong, Johnny. And show them the video. <laughs> oh, okay. Then he can process that information and see it. Um, and, and that speeds up the process. Yeah, I'd say so. And probably another way to, uh, to like you said, the, your athletes want to stick with you if they take a look at the video and say, no, that's exactly right. Well, that, that may be another red flag. 
Uh, yeah. Well, coach, appreciate your time here tonight. Uh, we want to do, we want to close out here with something we do with all of our coaches and players here that we interview a little rapid fire round, a little catch and shoot action. We're just going to fire a question at you. And first thing that comes to mind, uh, you just use fire that right back. Sound good. Yeah. Nervous. All right. <laughs> don't be, <laughs> no, don't be nervous. If there's anything I've picked up on in this interview, you're, uh, you're passionate. You're, you'll definitely, you'll definitely knock this one out of the park as well. All right, we'll, all right we'll, we'll start easy on you. Favorite sports movie of all time, Coach? Rocky. All right, good. What is your favorite basketball shoe of all time? Uh, the Kobe 6. <laughs> I've oh. heard that before. Yeah, I <laughs> like that. that before. Not, yeah. And not, yeah, not, some of the other Kobe's are good, but the Kobe 6 is the best shoe ever made. Yeah, a little so you can't. Don't even try to debate me on that. <laughs> <laughs> you got it. I'm gonna I'm gonna give that one to you. Um, all right, Coach. Uh, best pregame meal. Man, best pregame meal. That's. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry, and I think I think you're hungry right now too. So I'm sorry if yeah, you're bringing no, it up. Yeah, it's late night. <laughs> uh, not, right? Yeah, right now I want Ben and Jerry's, but best pregame meal. Uh, let's go. With uh, like a grilled chicken salad, maybe some uh, you know sweet potatoes or something like that on the side to get some carb. Salad. There we go. That's healthy. Who is the coach across any sport that you admire the most? Um, across any sport, I go Popovich at this point, maybe or Belichick. Yeah, I, but yeah, I go Popovich or uh, Belichick. I know it's football, but no, that's fine. Two solid options right there. All right, coach. You are. I feel like you pride yourself a lot on the uh, consistency and getting the ball in kids' hands as much as they can. Who do you think is the best ball handler in NBA history? NBA. There's so many good ones, and people have like different different skill sets. But right now, I mean, you look at what Curry's doing, or even uh, Ky- I mean, no, not before Curry. I'm going to talk about Kyrie, uh, Dame Willard, then uh, then Curry all time. I think the I think the, the best basketball players of all time are in the NBA right now. So you take any of the elite guards right now, whether it's Kyrie Irving, Dame Lillard, Curry, any of those elite level guards. I think um, even Crawford, his handle was crazy. He wasn't as elite as them. Yeah, in no, terms of what he put. That's fair. I, I wasn't I wasn't sure if you're going to dig deep, you know, go to the Muggsy Bugs type or something like that. But hey, no, that's I, I like <laughs> I like your Pete. answer right there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I yeah, Pistol Pete. Yeah. No, you want to go back then? Yeah. Pistol no, Pete, no. Mean, yeah, I agree with you. The best revolutionized the game. I mean, he he kind of I think you can get a lot of credit for revolutionizing. You know, even skill training in general. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, coach, again, appreciate your time one more time here tonight. And I think that was a great, great interview and certainly some great insight you can provide here before we let you go. Uh, let's, let's hear your, uh, where we can find you, Instagram, your website, all that. Uh, Instagram is probably the easiest. It's at Bobby white and that's B O B B Y W H Y T E a little curveball in there with the Y <laughs> <laughs> and then the same thing highpowerperformance.com and it's hypowerperformance.com I see what you did there with the why alright that's that's <laughs> awesome alright coach appreciate your time again I hope we're going to be able to check in with you at some point down the line coming soon alright thanks guys so much for having me